this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Las Vegas. You're listening to the Crazy Sexy Cool Podcast, where we give our black-ass millennial opinions about the crazy, the sexy, and the cool hot topics. I'm your host, Bethany, and as always, I'm joined by the beautiful Meek and Elizabeth. How was your Christmas, y'all? It was cool. Christmas is not what it used to be, man. Like, when you compared to when you were, like, a baby or a kid. Like, when you become the mother, like, it's not, it's not, like... It's kind of like hosting a party. You put on a party, you host it, and guess what? You really don't party because you're hosting. I can see that. <laughs> you get so excited. You want to have this like big extravagant event, but you actually don't party when you're hosting a party because you're busy hosting. And that's the thing about Christmas is like, you know, when you're a mom, like it becomes about the kids and it's like, you're no longer like anticipating, waiting to open the gifts. You're more like, all right, let's open the gifts. Okay, pick up the wrapping paper. All right, let's start our dinner. All right, th- let me send these photos to this grandma, to this auntie, to this uncle. Ma, hey, and then you could do the whole thread line. I know y'all got about like 20, 30 text messages of happy holidays, happy. 
you know, to you and yours and Merry Christmas and all that stuff. And then you got it on social media and then taking pictures. Like, it's just a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> how was yours? <laughs> Elizabeth, how was yours? Um, very quiet. Um, it was just me and Lyric. Of course, you know, her daddy. And um, just let her open her gifts and enjoy being a kid and opening gifts, not knowing that, you know, Mommy and daddy had to work hard to get those gifts for her. Yeah. Yeah. Mom was really chill. I So I wrapped some gifts um, the night before in my room. Prince was asleep. I wrapped them and I just put them beside my bed. Like, you know, I'm going to get up before Prince and take him downstairs. Well, I slept in and Prince came knocking at my door. And when I opened the door, he had like tears in his eyes. He was like, but there's no gifts downstairs. There's no presents. And in his mind, he's thinking it's because, you know, he's had, you know, some, he's been in trouble. He was on punishment from like September until like a week ago. So he was like, damn, like, ain't no gifts downstairs. I was like, oh, baby, no, just, you know, go brush your teeth and we'll go downstairs and open some presents. And he had a good time. You know, he got his solar system games and books and he got a smart watch and um he got a playstation 5 which he was super excited about and he had a great christmas and the cool thing though as he was opening his gifts he was cleaning up the wrapping paper like he would move it off to the side and <laughs> like throwing it away i'm just sitting there like oh okay and by the, by the time noon came around we was chilling we was chilled the whole day just watching tv and you know, by FaceTime and family and, you know, it was just real chill, but we don't really, Christmas really isn't like a big, big thing. I think because Prince is in school and they're learning about different holidays and stuff that now he sees Christmas as this huge deal when before we never really celebrated it like that. Like I will give him a couple gifts to open just for the sake of, of like being inclusive with like what everybody else's age is doing. But right. what I wanted to ask y'all, like, why? Because <laughs> you said, you know, you feel like you're, it's different as a mom. How was Christmas as a kid for y'all? Well, my mom ruined Christmas. So, like, we didn't believe in Santa Claus. Um, like, with us growing up, we knew that mama was buying the gifts. And not only did we know mama was buying gifts, but, like, before, it, it, I remember the last Christmas where she... She literally made, like, locked us in our room, made us stay in our room while she wrapped everything and then opened the door. I was like, y'all, go ahead, go open it. <laughs> go, go open your gifts. And then after that Christmas, she would just, like, just, she she stopped wrapping the paper. I mean, how, like, the wrapping old? paper. Like, how old were you? Like, that Christmas, that last Christmas, I was still in elementary school. Like, okay. we knew at a young age there was no Santa Claus. I mean, I kind of put two and two together because we, we lived in apartments and we didn't have no chimney. So I was like, like, Santa is not, Santa, Santa ain't climbing down nothing. There's nothing to climb down in this in this apartment. Like, yeah. so we kind of put two and two together that, like, that, you know, that it was mama giving the gifts or whatnot. Um, but it was still magical, though, like. Very, like, you know, my family is very family-oriented, so, like, we always did, like, dinners and stuff like that. Like, um, my stepdad, his side of the family is Filipino, so it was pretty dope because we would have, like, we would have, like, you know, baked chicken and macaroni and cheese, but we also have, like, ponce and lupia and 
all that kind of stuff and like karaoke singing karaoke and stuff for christmas so it was pretty dope like but the, as, as far as the belief of christmas i mean of santa we didn't do yeah. that what about you liz how was christmas growing up my memory serves me right. I'm sure when I was like little, little, I believed in like Santa Claus. Um, but I want to say I was at the age of like 13, 14, um, when I literally just caught my mom and stepdad wrapping gifts. And then they try to tell us the next day, like, Santa, I was like, no, you guys ate the cookies that we made. There's no Santa. But I told my little brothers, and I told it to them because I didn't want my little brothers and sisters to ruin like, their Christmas or belief in Santa or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, especially when I turned, I, I know for sure when I turned 14, my mom would just stop giving gifts and she didn't really yeah. care. She wasn't even into it no more. So, I mean, it wasn't really a surprise to me because because of the mother she was. Um, but, yeah, we all also did the family thing we went to our granny's house and every christmas we do gumbo um but mm. yeah christmas was, it was fun so you got older and you're like all right where's the gifts but at 14 i stopped getting gifts so that was christmas yeah for me as a, i don't know what about you bethany we didn't really do Christmas like that. Um, I never really believed in Santa Claus. I, I don't really think that was a thing. Uh, I grew up seven-day Adventist, so we went to church on Saturdays. Um, it was just a lot of traditional things that we just didn't participate in. Like, even when we went to church, um, I would say it's kind of like old school. Like, you don't wear pants, you don't wear denim, you don't wear jeans, you don't wear jewelry. It's a very, you know, simplistic type of... Um, lifestyle that we live religiously and so believing in a pagan holiday was just something that's just not going to fly in, in our house so we didn't have the christmas trees uh, the, i will say this though depending on who my mom was dating and if like she was engaged i remember one christmas and he his her fiance at the time wanted to go all out like he bought me a um, nintendo this whole like he just went all out we had a christmas tree but that's like the one time i remember having a christmas tree is when my mom was engaged to this guy but it really wasn't a thing so I, we would wake up get dressed and go over to my grandmother's house and hang out with my cousins and my aunts and uncles and that was about it like but what i what i experienced though as christmas was seeing my family stressed out over christmas like no one was rich no one was rolling in the dough but they were so pressed to spend their last to make sure, you know, kids had gifts. And I always thought that to be kind of odd, like, especially, and even now with us being in the pandemic, a lot of people are not working and a lot of people are not able to pay rent, but people are going out of their way to have a normal Christmas as if, you know, we're not going through a financial crisis. And I will always sit back and just look at people like, complaining about not getting a gift or you know complaining about the gift that they got like oh she got me a sweater or she got me socks or my dad just gave me money and it's like I was like what is what is Christmas really about like what what are we doing no it is it, it's, it's definitely um gotten away from um I don't know I don't know what they not what they <laughs> intended like I really don't because, like you said, like, it is a pagan holiday, but then also, like, the way a lot of Black people celebrate it is mixed with, like, Christianity as well. So, I think a lot of people don't even truly understand 
like the true essence of what Christmas represents. They just, it's just, it's bec- it's become very Americanized the way that most families celebrate it. And, and yeah, because, but what I was going to say to you when you were saying like, why do you, like people going out their way is that the fact that the matter is like the gift of giving is that you actually start to feel good, <laughs> you know, when you are able to like deliver or give to someone where, where people, where people lack is they do not practice gratitude either. So it's like, I do think that people kind of got it misconstrued on how to like actually go about it. But I Mm -hmm. think that the need is still there of like the gift of giving. Like when you give, you start feeling good about yourself, especially during such times like now, like the pandemic as to why people like, no, I want to get you a gift. You know what I mean? So, yeah. 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 Does Eli or Lyric believe in Santa? Because Prince doesn't. <laughs> At one point, Prince was actually afraid of Santa Claus. He was watching uh, this cartoon, Max and Ruby, on like Nick Jr. or something. And it was an episode where Santa like comes flying down the chimney. And he just like lands and it's like dust. And when the dust clears, you see this Santa Claus sitting there. And he used to scream and just cry every time that part came up. So I was like. Oh, he's afraid of Santa. Oh, this is pretty like so. I don't have to go through this whole like Santa Claus isn't real thing. But um, so once so once he started school, he would just ask me like, you know, Santa's not real, right? Like it's like almost as if like why are they teaching us about Santa and he's not real? But I had to tell him like, don't tell other kids that. Allow them to believe in Santa Claus. But you know, he knows what it is. That's good. <laughs> My baby. You mentioned Santa Claus. She's like Christmas presents, so she Santa Claus is non-existent to her. Um, you say Santa Claus, they mentioned to her through like you know virtual learning school, like yeah, Christmas is coming and Santa Claus, and she bypassed Santa Claus to presents. So does my yeah. baby believe in Santa Claus? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think that they should press Santa Claus in school. I really I don't. don't. Think so I I don't think it's I don't think it's right because like it's, it's such it's so tied into religion i think like like thanksgiving is completely different because that's like a that's a holiday based off of our country's history which is actually like so not factual you know what yeah. i mean like they need to completely turn that whole thing around anywho because i'm about to yeah. digress because like that that's like a whole different situation but <laughs> um yeah i don't think that they should because like a lot of things that i found myself you know like um, folding on when it came to, came to parenting Elijah is due to him going to school and my baby's been in public school my baby's been in private school and it doesn't matter which system he's in like he's going to be introduced to other things and I had to make that decision of like am I I felt like I was robbing my son of his childhood like we still have certain conversations but I still allow him to partake in certain type of activities because it's just like at the end of the day he's still a child you know yeah. and my baby is very very smart and very wise where like those those experiences allow uh, opportunity for us to then have conversations which I'm always thankful for but like it's even something as simple as getting him a McDonald's happy meal I was so, like, opposed to, like, no, my baby ain't gonna be eating McDonald's. But, like, McDonald's is a part of American history, and getting, like, I remember how excited I used to be about getting a a McDonald's Happy Meal, and my son showed the same type of excitement, you know, like, once, 
he got so I was like, it's it's a part of his childhood. Now, do we go McDonald crazy? No, but I still allow it from time to time. So yeah, so I wanna uh, I got a question. So I want to go ahead and do the red light special a little bit earlier than what we usually do on the show. So if you guys have a question for us, um, ladies of the Crazy Sexy Cool Podcast, shoot us a DM at Crazy Sexy Cool Pod on Twitter or an email at CrazySexyCoolPod at gmail.com and we'll answer your question on the show. So this uh, woman, she asks, um, she's like, hi, I have a question. The Santa thing is really getting to me. My son is 11. At Christmas time last year, someone at our church Someone at our church told him about Santa and I was very upset because that wasn't her job. It was my husband and mine. I'm not going to lie. I've been holding some type of type of grudge because my son's innocence has been taken away. Of course, he was going to find out about Santa not being real, but it was going to be on our time. Since then, my son doesn't have the same energy in Christmas anymore. Now, this last Sunday, our pastor commented on that same situation over Zoom. He said, shame on us parents for teaching our kids about Santa. It should be taught that Jesus is the reason for the season. I get that, but let us tell our son about Santa. I understand that he may be too old to believe in him anyway, but again, what we teach in our house, people should respect. I also understand that our son will be exposed to all kinds of things from other kids and adults. He's homeschooled because he's type 1 diabetic. So even before the pandemic, he wasn't in a brick and mortar school. My question is, do I say something to the pastor or go around him and speak to his wife? Whom should be over one, whom should be over one day this week to drop off my son's gift? Or do I just leave it alone? Thank you for your advice. That, that um, passage is so heavily, like heavily layered. Like, <laughs> so... Are you oh talking to the pastor for what for what his sermon was? Are you talking to the pastor for what the lady said to your child? Like, there's so many different layers in that whole thing. Because like I said before, like Christmas is one of those holidays that's heavily tied to religion, you know? So this is, now, this gonna, this gonna knock, this, people not gonna agree with this. Hey, you let me, I, I got to chill with the disclaimers, but I always have to say it because I want people to know that I know <laughs> that people are not going to agree with what I have to say. But right. when when choosing your fellowship, don't you want to make sure it's aligned with, like, your practices, like, like your everyday practices, or no? Like, this is a real question, like, for me. I mean, that may be hard. That may be hard. I mean, you just don't know what the preacher is going to be coming in with on that particular day. No, but I'm saying so like so you telling me this is her first this is her first introduction into like the preacher like denouncing Santa and and you know praising Christ. Like I like cuz I feel like that that's a I would have a hard time like like cuz I take faith very very serious. Now I don't I don't follow no no church, but you know, I'm highly spiritual and it has to be aligned. Like I can't sit up here and call, you know, and teach my son about Santa when what we praise is completely different. Like that, that's, it, it interferes. I would think like it, there's a, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying as far as like, you know, the religion part. Um, Like she should have, like, she should know that obviously going to that church, if you've been going there for a while and you've been listening to this pastor that he's going to teach about religion and, Christ and 
pretty much not, you know, saying Santa is not real. She should have been aware of that. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I just yeah. think, well, I don't know yeah, how long she's been at the church. Right. But also, I, I question, I guess my real question is, did you, did you, or had, did you like also include Jesus Christ into your teachings to your son? Or did that's like, what why, I, that's what I want to know. Like, yeah. like, yeah. like why, yeah, or, and if you did. didn't, and if you didn't, like, why didn't you lead with Jesus Christ if that's a part of your felt, your, your, your fellowship? I mean, so like, my, my answer to that is to leave it alone because honestly, I feel like that was up to you in these 11 years of your child's life. You could have explained this to him in some way so that when someone says that Christmas is all about Jesus, then he's not going to be like, well, he's not going to be like, well, that must mean Santa's not real. He's not going to put two and two together until he's explicitly told that Santa isn't real. Yeah. Go ahead. Granted, he is older. I mean, I'm sure he's been in school where he probably... No, he hasn't. He hasn't been to school. Oh, yeah, because he's a diabetic. He's at home. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... I mean, he's still an older kid, and I understand you do things in your home, but at the same time, it's like you can't get mad at the the pastor for, you know, pretty much, you know, preaching what he does in his church either way. Like, you didn't have that, you had that lack of communication with your son, and that's not the pastor's fault, not nor his wife. So you shouldn't, I agree with Destiny, you shouldn't have that conversation. I Um, mean... I have to disagree with you on the pastor's fault because I, my thing is you can have disagreements with people on like whether whether I should lead with Santa or Jesus Christ, but don't but don't but I don't like this guilt shaming that's going on around Christmas. You know what I mean? Like you what raise you your kids, you raise your kids. Let me raise mine. Like there's a lot lately. A lot of people have been like, I can't believe that y'all believe in this white Santa and blah 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 blah. Look, was for a whole girls was believing in flat tummy tea you know what i'm saying you still believing in that no good ass nigga that's up on your couch you still believing in these credit you know what i mean in these like all this like and people don't question you so like allow people to raise their children you can have your beliefs i actually like the post i share with you ladies about the lady who's very spiritual you know and very like in tune with nature and the way she she shared her story of how they don't how they do not believe in Santa but there was no guilt shaming in her sharing her story it's not it's okay for you to say look i i lead with Jesus Christ we i i do not practice i don't do this whole Santa thing but to sit here and say you know y'all shouldn't be talk y'all shouldn't be you know, um, spreading this narrative of Santa, you need to be doing this, this whole white Santa thing, like that, that's not healthy. Like, it's, but I it's, just, I just don't, I don't think it's really um, productive to criticize the pastor about preaching about Jesus on no, Christmas. No, I'm not, you I'm not, I mean? I'm not, I'm not criticizing. No, I'm just, not saying that, but I'm oh, saying yeah, that of, of, for her, for her to get mad because she's listening to a church sermon, but, a preacher literally talk about Jesus of and Christmas, but he was, and then to say that you know for him to even mention that Santa isn't real, even though he he probably to her obviously he came off as like shame on you for that, but I mean can we really blame a pastor for doing low key right, his job like like being job, a teacher exactly. but be, but being a teacher and you guys always are the main ones to talk about especially you Bethany talking about is about how you deliver it. So it's not about the thing. It's not about like, yeah, you can choose to lead with what you lead with. But we have to like, please, you please tell me that you saw this where you saw like people 
on social media, like taking it's like it's it's filled with negativity and making people feel like some type of guilt for like you know for um for continuing the narrative of Santa. Like look, yo, but here's I, the thing. When I, I remember saying that I don't, we don't celebrate Christmas in the house. Like I don't do the tree, I don't do whatever. And people were like, "What? Why don't you do this?" And you're robbing Prince. And I, it's exactly that's it's what I'm saying. The same, it's the same thing. thing. And, and I don't, I, like, I don't agree allow, with that. Allow people to celebrate exactly. if they want to or if they don't want to, and that's exactly. fine. But I'm just um, saying, like being a preacher, you don't think like just like how because you, you know I've heard you say it a, a lot where it's like it's about delivery. Now, granted, this is only coming from her perspective, so I don't know exactly what the preacher said, you know. And then also, I have to say this too: um, love your child is 11 years old. Now, I don't know your child, and I don't know you know where he's at mentally or like his intellectual level. But like the one thing I do think is uh, some parents um, underestimate how bright children actually are so like your kids can actually handle a lot more than what you they can't they cannot handle well like even what she said what she said is that his energy about christmas has changed like he's not as enthusiastic but but like that's gonna happen period the same energy with christmas unless unless you're like mariah carey (laughs) no 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 no. there are some people who some people keep the same energy about Christmas. Like Mariah is known; she loves Christmas. This is her shit. This is her thing. That's her but not every, but not everybody is going to keep that same energy throughout their lives, especially around that time when you know the type of gifts that they expect as you know kids change. Like they go from the toys to wanting like electronics and phones and money and whatever. Like it's going to change anyway, whether True. they believe it's Santa Claus or not. But can we also say that parents have to take some accountability in that? It's about how you build that foundation. If you base it just off of this generic ass narrative that we as Americans often celebrate, that it's all about getting the biggest, flashiest gifts, and that's just what it is, this big, jolly white man, come hop on your roof, drop this shit off, eat all your fucking cookies, and, and, and hop on a sleigh with a whole bunch of female reindeers and go around the world within 24 hours, then yeah, you it, you know what I'm saying? You're probably going to have that feeling. But I'm trying to say it's like, as, like, like, like with Elijah. Like, Elijah, I, I, under, I, I feel like my son knows that it's not real, but he's fallen in love with the festivities of it. He's fallen in love with the family of it. Elijah, I know. Elijah, I know. Can, can I tell my story? Can yeah. I tell my story? Okay. So, Meek and Eli come over to drop off gifts and to let our boys, you know, socialize and play a bit because, you know, they're not in school. They don't get to play. So, as you know, they have been over. You guys were over for like two hours, three hours. And yeah. as Eli and Meek are leaving, Eli kind of looks around. So I'm going to tell you what Eli said, and then I'm going to tell you how I translated it. Okay, so Eli was like, you don't have no decorations? Where's your tree? You need to have decorations. This is like, he's looking at me like, girl, it's Christmas. Where is the holiday cheer? Where are your decorations? Where are your lights? I don't see no tree. I don't see shit. So in my, like, as I'm looking at him, like, read me for filth about <laughs> my blank-ass holiday-less house, to me, he was looking at me like, look, bitch, I don't know what's going on in this house, but you have a child and you need to decorate and spruce this motherfucker up because what what kind of Christmas do you guys have over here? And I thought it was so funny because I like the fact that he has such huge energy. This is something that he looks forward to. This is something that he likes to celebrate, that he 
clearly associates with a good time and good feelings and family and socializing and just having a good time. I love all of that about it. And like you said, this is a festivity for him. Like he loved yeah. everything about right. Christmas. Eli opened up one gift. I kid you not. He opened one gift. First off, he didn't even realize that the toy, all, all the boxes under the tree was for him from families and stuff. He opened up one gift and he acted like that was like sliced bread, honey. I was like, oh my God, I loved it. This is what, it was that Power Ranger thing. It really wasn't no like, you know, like special, whatever. But, it, and, and and like he asked his Mimi, it was from his Mimi. And like, he was like, oh my God, thank you so much. He slept with it and everything like that. And he carried that that one gift around. But like with Elijah, like the the thing that I try to teach him is like it's about that's like every every uh, holiday I always have gone all out. We've always cooked. I'm, I'm I'm big about making our own family traditions. You know what I mean? Like um and like my family coming over and stuff like that. So Elijah's honestly like this with any type of celebration. Like he's like, oh, it's a birthday party. Like where's the balloons? Where's the thing? Like, and th and that's what I mean when you say like kids are going to change. I'm not trying to say my son is not going to drastically change, but I'm saying that sudden, like, Oh, Santa ain't real. You know, like you, you as we as parents have control of that. It's about the foundation that we provide. Like, like, I don't think Prince is going to go through that because guess what? You had control of the narrative that you gave your child. And like you didn't set him up with this like big ass climax. You know what I mean? And then then he, right. then he pulls the, cord the curtain back and it's like, okay, this shit is all fake. Like y'all all been fucking lying to me this whole time. Like, yeah, you're going to feel some type of way about that. <laughs> you know? So Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I've, um, the next day when Prince woke up, he just came in my room and sat on my bed. He was like, I had so much fun yesterday. He was like, uh -huh. he was really, he was really surprised about like the gifts. Cause he was just like, I'm glad I didn't get cold. Like I said, he was having, you know, some issues, <laughs> but he understood. Don't do my boy like that. No, you did that. No, I did. No, but I think that's the part that people miss out is that like it's the it's the it's the underlining, you know, uh uh underlining that that the holidays give. Like just like it's it's in our blood, it's in our spirit to turn things that are that have negatively impacted our life and flip them and make them into a positive. You know, so like the fact that the matter is the way our society is built, people don't have the privilege of just taking any type of days off. Like you, everyone, like that's the reason why people people don't like that people celebrate Thanksgiving. But guess what? Thanksgiving is a, is a family time. So no, I'm not celebrating one of the greatest massacres that happened in American history. I'm celebrating the togetherness because this is like one of the only times in the year that all my family got the day off where we could sit around one big ass and share a meal we don't always have that privilege you know yeah 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 so um yeah yeah yeah, yeah i'm just i'm just happy that christmas is over and look we can move on into the new year yes please um, the anxiety levels was high and people was getting on my nerves these stores these parking lots you know mm -hmm. like people was trying like girl like you know, I'm driving fancy now, so I'm a bit more cautious about the the interactions in the parking lot, <laughs> honey. <laughs> yeah, honey. 
You're parking a little too close. I'm gonna need you to beg, beg, beg that thing. Beg, beg. Give me 50 feet. <laughs> so a lot of people have been using a lot of people been using their like downtime from the holidays. Some people don't have to work and the kids are home. Well, <laughs> the kids are they not having home. to log on to class. So right. um, there's been a lot of movie watching and a lot of show binging. And one of the most popular movies uh, that was released around this time that people are actually watching was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Um. How did you guys like the movie? I cried. It was good. It was good. It was it was more of the fact of me just seeing um Chadwick as a as an actor and how he was able to get into character. Um in the like the most emotional scene when he was saying um yeah, oh, about hold on. like hey, hey. So, listeners, spoiler alert. We're about oh. to talk about this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, if you need to fast forward through it, we're about to really talk about it. So, this is your spoiler alert warning. Dun, I'm going to give y'all five seconds to, <laughs> to pause it, Together. watch it, and come on, come on bike. Okay? All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, the part where he was talking about God and 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 saying like you know, God don't love niggas, and you know he how he got into that character like that whole scene, I was crying because like you have to like me even you know you guys know that I want to go into acting eventually, and just to get back get get your mindset into the character to switch into that mindset that's so deep, you have to like you you. He's phenomenal for that. And um, me just seeing him, like, I, I never really was a Chadwick fan. No no offense, Bethany. But no, the more I'm... I've seen him, you know, like, after he passed and his interviews, and just he was really, a, like, an awesome, a awesome actor that I just never really tuned into until now. And when I saw that, I was like, this dude is awesome. Like, there's no, there's no way I could have did it. There's no fucking way. But overall, the movie was was great. It was it was it was it was a good watch. Um, how did you ladies feel about it? Meek, what did you think? Um, <clears throat> he did an amazing job. Um, it this this whole uh experience, August Wilson experience. Like, I am definitely a fan. I think the thing yeah. that the the thing that's so beautiful about artists is their backstory. So I do think that like I probably wouldn't have let me let me let me reframe that. No me knowing what Chad was going through at that time and to mm -hmm. see him really tap into his 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 craft, his art like that, and really be aligned with his higher power to that degree, um, to like to the point where you don't see no pain. You don't see no worry. Like this man knew he was gonna die. Like, right. like when you're watching that, like to know, to have those thoughts in your mind. Like I, I, I can't fathom. I'm not in that in that situation. But to be able to like transform yourself during a certain time like that. Like I've seen people get fucking paper uh, cuts, and the whole world is coming to an end. You know what I'm right. saying? But like to me. really, but to really be <laughs> able to transcend. 
and tap in, man. Like, I thought it was very beautiful. You know, I thought the story was beautiful. It made me look more. I love stories that that tap into our history. And the way August Wilson told that story, it wasn't as though he was telling us history. He was, it was kind of giving us a preview as to, like, just like. It was a, like we were. Like in a time on the wall. Yeah, like in the time castle. And like we went back and we were like in the time period and like we just and we just entered this room full of musicians and then we just saw the dialogue. Like that's what it felt like. It didn't feel like a history lesson or nothing like that, which I thought was really dope. Viola Honey. (laughs) Honey. I mean from the sweat. The sweat in the creases of her eyes. Like, I don't know if that was baby oil. I don't, and then the <laughs> smearing of the makeup, makeup, like, how accurate that was. She gained how many pounds? She got up to, like, 200? Like, yeah, 200 she gained, pounds. they said she gained, like, 30 pounds for that. Okay. Yo. Dedicated. Dedicated. Like, yeah, to the role. Dedication. Dedication to the role. And, um... You know, the crazy thing is, is that I, I was wondering how Chad was going to appear on the screen, uh, you know, give his his state that he was in during during the film. And the fact that he had lost so much weight, whoever his makeup team was or whatever, like, bravo to you. But also just like, I felt like it made him look younger. Like, in my mind, it, and I, what made me think about that was there's a point where Levy says his age where he says like I'm 30 33 35 or something and in my mind I thought Levy's character was actually like 24 25 because that's like the spirit like Chadwick had when you know what I mean like that's just so it was kind of because you know when you lose weight like that you can either you can sometimes you know look actually older but this Mm -hmm. time he actually looks younger um yeah yeah that 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 um the monologue about God I want to save my commentary on that. Okay. Like, cause, cause I want us to open the floor on that because it's, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll get to it. Yeah. So I, I was really excited to see this because um, August Wilson is an incredible writer and he's done like a series. So he basically did 10 uh, plays based on each decade of the 1900s. So Ma Rainey was the 1920s. And we have Ma Rainey, who is powerful in her own right. She is someone who is, you're going to respect her, whether you like it or not. Whatever she wants, she wants that, and she's going to get it. And if you're not going to give it to her, next. Whatever you want from her, you're not going to get. So I like the fact that. Coke. Like, right. She wanted her Coke. (laughs) Okay, honey. Look, so the fact that Ma was a lesbian like she wasn't bisexual. She wasn't, no, she was a straight up lesbian. And she sang about it clearly in her music. Like, but, I don't want. But she, she was, she was a bisexual. She was married. She had a whole song about, I don't, this, like, she, don't get she, all the dicks away she from swang, me. She, she swang both ways. Honey. She was married. <laughs> but it, but it, and, but it swang, and then like also had a, a open relationship with uh I can't remember the, the jazz singer but yeah she swung both ways her black bottle was swinging honey yeah but she really <laughs> attracted men and women even though you know she, she wasn't considered you know 
attractive back in the day or whatever. She didn't meet those beauty standards, but she had that confidence. So when she got on stage, she is like, she pulling niggas and bitches. Uh, Which made me want to ask (laughs) y'all if there was like a powerful woman in our day and she was attracted to you, would you be interested in someone who was like, and I hope this doesn't like get me in trouble, but like someone like Queen Latifah. If Queen Latifah slid in your DMs, like, what's up? I'll be in Vegas. Let's go out to eat. Like, what's Negative. Good? No. Latifah ain't hidden. Nah, hell nah. You know why? Because <laughs> <laughs> you know why? And this come off really, really rude, but you asked the question, so I have to answer it. She's not pipe. I like femme, femme, femme women. Agree. Amber Rose. Okay. <laughs> Even though she's not as powerful. Or as you know, but I'm just I'm just saying Amber because of like like her look. I'm not talking about like her accolades. Like I'm more talking like I'm I'm way more. If I want a woman, I want a woman. I don't want a woman that kind of vibrates at the frequency because I vibrate pretty alpha too. You know, I can't do that. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Has to be very, very, yeah. very. very I ain't gonna lie, yeah, we, too. We, we both gotta be in heels. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. We both gotta no, be in heels. No, I'm trying to think of someone. Like, Girl, I'm trying I don't to think lie. I, I, saw, I saw Queen Latifah All-Star Weekend, and she li- she has BDE, bro. And I, I was low-key, like... I bet like, she, she do. I, I was taken back, do. like, damn. I bet she do. Like, <laughs> low-key... Young Ma got BDE. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, she got, she low key got BDE too. Like, it's not even about her look. It's like, like, the way, like her laugh. I'm like, you show sure you ain't got a dick right there. Like, you show. Sure? Right. Yeah. No, like, I liked that she, because she is a lesbian or, you know, bisexual, whatever. They weren't so like heavy with it. They kept they didn't throw it in your face with the with the language. It was like, you know, you see her checking out her girl, you see her kind of like rubbing on her and you know, kissing and feeling on her or whatever, but it wasn't like, you know, you're gonna respect me, even though I'm a lesbian and I may not be they didn't like throw it in our face and make it so like this is something that she struggled with. Cause clearly she was like, I, I do what I want and yeah, this is what it I, is. I mean, I mean, but I I feel like they play true to the time. It's like not only are you black, but you're a woman, mm-hmm. you know, in a in a in a male dominant industry at the time. And so, yeah. like to even be come out and say that you're a lesbian, that put on a, because if you notice when they walked down the stairs, she not only grabbed her girl's hand, but she grabbed her nephew's hand. And I feel like that was like the way that the camera panned in on that. I feel like that was strategic to try to show like. No, like, like she told the record exec she could do what she want, but she knew that, like, it was a certain line that she could not cross, I think. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, when she was with her people, when she was performing, yeah. But when you saw her out outside, like, in Chicago, like, she made sure that, like, she, she wasn't out kissing her girlfriend, like, in the middle of the street. Like, they didn't do that. Because, to be honest, that would not be right for the, the time that the movie took place in. Right, right. But I really enjoyed, of course, I'm a huge Chadwick Boseman fan. Um, 
it was I was really excited to see his performance, but really like heartbroken at the same time because it was going to be his last. But because I know that he is a thespian, this guy is a true artist, that he was going to bring it. Um, And if you're familiar with anything that August Wilson does, he always has a character that they're going to go through every range of emotions in this play. And Chadwick brought such an an energy that he was almost unrecognizable. This isn't the Chadwick Boseman that people are used to seeing. He was Levy. He was not Chadwick. He was really this guy, Levy, who was a very troubled person. Talented, but troubled. And I kind of, in in a way, I kind of associate Levy with like a, I might get hell for this, but an R. Kelly. He is a victim of a trauma. He is he is a very tortured and trauma traumatic person. And because of that, who he who he grew into, <laughs> let me finish. Who no, he grew into as finish. who he grew into as an adult is just who he was. And there and he honestly he I feel like R. Kelly doesn't see a problem with what he does. Levy was, you know, he witnessed his mom raped by eight, nine white men. He was also cut across his chest trying to defend his trying to defend his mother. His father, you know, left one day and decided to get vengeance. And then he's killed and hung and burned. And he's never had a chance to just breathe. And why I I compare that to R. Kelly is because he was molested as a child. He was never really given an opportunity to have a childhood to really like even back in the 20s, there was no therapy for people to go through and talk about their feelings and you know and when it comes to you know being molested especially as a boy that's something that you hide and then it presents itself later in your life as something disgusting and when we look at levy go through all of these emotions he's funny he's very dramatic he's very in your face like i could i i lost count of how many times that he was just up in someone's face like telling them about themselves but at the same time you also felt sorry for him and so the the energy that Chadwick had to bring to that character was so heartbreaking because because I'm a fan and I know that he is a man of like he loves God he is a very spiritual guy knowing that he had to tap into someone that was almost the complete opposite of who he was in real life and struggling with cancer at the same time, it was just like so hard to watch. And every time he broke into monologue, I don't think I was breathing. Like I I was just sitting there like stuck and listening to every word. And my heart was just breaking every single time because I knew that, Levy's character speaking against God was going to make people judge Chadwick as a man, not the artist, not the actor as Levy, and kind of come down on him for for reciting these words. And a lot of I've been reading a lot of reviews, and of course, there's a lot of great reviews, especially those who are in the entertainment industry, who are artists, who understand what it is to be a creative and perform. But there are a lot of people who are very spiritual and, you know, Christians, especially, especially our black Christians who are just like, 
talking shit about the monologue. The mon- I'm going to call it the monologue because that's really what it was. A lot of people felt that, mo- felt that monologue in a way where it just like affected them. Like Liz, you said it made you cry. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people are taking that and twisting it as if like, and I, I hate to even repeat this, but there's a certain someone in my life who said that Chadwick would probably still be with us had he not said those words about God. Negative. Saying that this is this is like the reason that he's no longer alive is because he is like cursing God. Negative. It is so frustrating that people just can't see that there are people like this to this day who have this relationship or or no relationship with God because of the experiences that they've suffered and they've suffered their entire lives. So they they look at God as like, oh, he doesn't exist because if God existed, why did my mom get raped by nine men? Why did my daddy get killed? Why did I get cut across my chest? How come I just can't catch a fucking break? Mm-hmm. How did you guys like, because I know, like, I cringed when I heard him say this, but I know that this is not him as a person. But how did it, how did it make you feel? Because I know, Meek, you're a creative. You're an artist. Like, you, you, can, you understand that he's an actor reciting words written by August Wilson, who was a writer about the Black American experience. And there are people who talk like that. Because even in, it was an episode of Euphoria that aired um, earlier in December, where she had a moment talking about like, where was God, you know? People question God. And it's like, the moment that you question God is like, you're damned to hell. I just feel like it's really unfair. Um, okay, so you said a lot. And I had to write down bullet points because like, it's a <laughs> lot that I would like to get into. <laughs> um, before I go, Liz, did you want to, because like, <laughs> you already know how to set up. <laughs> Go ahead, take the flow. <laughs> All right. So me, me and Liz had a conversation real quick. Me and Liz had a conversation about this because you know Liz wants to be an actress and to be able to tap in and go to a place that's so opposite of who you are as a person that takes a, a level of complicate. Uh, com- it's, it's really complicated to do something that goes against everything that you believe. But then I think about someone like. Michael B. Jordan, when he did Killmonger, he, that's not who he really is as a person. But he said after doing that, he had to go into therapy to kind of like address some things that came up as he was doing this portrayal. So go ahead, Meek. What what you got? Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to go first things first. Levy's character. I understand what you were trying to do with the R. Kelly thing, like give people like an exact um, example. But I think it's safe to say that Levy's character is a prime example of, is, is one of one example of the black experience. We can say that majority of the men that are within the, you know, that are part of the mass incarceration are our representation of Levy, basically, you know, victims of their own circumstances. Well, you know, like, well, why were you t- selling drugs? Look, I was selling drugs, but there was no jobs. You know, I had to go put food on a plate and so such and such, such and such. You know what I mean? So, like, mm-hmm. and I think that's the thing where people get away from. Uh, that's the reason why I said I became a huge uh, uh, fan of August Wilson, because 
at the end of the day, even though Chad was the was a star and Viola was a star and the rest of their uh, rest of the, you know, all the other actors were stars, it was the writing. And that and the, and the writing was the was the key component in this whole project. And that was August's uh, mission is to basically project and showcase the black experience. And so I do think that as black people, the like we have so many different levels of how we deal with trauma. And so and one mm-hmm. of those levels is to ignore the darkness. Ignore. Right. It's to ignore the darkness, to act as though the darkness doesn't exist, even though the, or that the, it never happened. Or that it never happened, even though the actual fact is we live majority of our lives within the darkness. So when you say that this was that Levy character was so far away from Chad, I have to question that because of even like with me being an artist, in order to tap in, I mean you have to tap into an emotion within yourself. Like if it wasn't a part of Chad, it would have it would have projected as generic. So even though he was a very God fearing man, like and, and actually you even you even put a whole nother layer onto it that I wasn't even thinking about. To think that like you've done all this good, you had a mission, you know you had a purpose with a mission. You know, and you were very like strategic on how you did and how you how you on your place within this earth. And then to know that you were, you know, you know, I don't want to say sentence, but you, you know, you were, um, you were diagnosed, diagnosed, yeah. diagnosed with such a, a you know, a terminal disease, terminal like, disease. Yeah. You I have to question. Did he question that? Mm-hmm. I have to, it within himself. It doesn't have to. I'm talking about within his private thoughts, like where it was like. Fuck, why me? And I'm not trying so, to say like, I'm not trying uh, to say did he like long and you know draw it out. I'm talking about did at one point after his diagnosis, did he ever say fuck? You know what I'm saying? And I'm and sure it would it would be no issue with that because guess what? That's a part of the human experience. So that's why exactly. I'm like, that's why I'm saying like it's not Levy is actually not that far from Chad than you know what I'm saying? Then what, like, you you got in order to really tap into, to be, to, to be able to project honesty and truth onto that screen, you have to find a common root. As to why Michael B. Jordan had to go into counseling, because it probably uprooted some shit that he was blocking from himself mm. that Killmonger actually uprooted. Um, yeah. I um, want to read something real quick. Um, so Chadwick's makeup artist and his team did, like, this article for... Uh, I think it was Vanity Fair, where they said, um, on Ma Rainey, he began every day with prayer. He could quote verbatim from Christian scripture. It was a particularly challenging role because it deviated wildly from his character, the copy and libidinous levy. He read from his Bible every morning, and then he prepared to get into that character, uh, which actually went everything went against everything he stood for. To watch that transition every morning was, ve- was both very interesting and very hard. Um, they said... Another difficult thing was to watch his physical suffering. Um, no one knew of his condition, like no one, not even his team that worked with him every day. So to see him like transitioning into that, of course, you're going to I'm sure because even me and Liz, we talked about this last night. We were like, when we wonder when he like was exactly diagnosed. And right. because when he was, uh, you know, given the Black Panther role, in 2014 they filmed in 2015 and they were promoting captain America's civil war in 2016 the year that he found out but he didn't go to the captain america civil war premiere which was his debut into the whole mcu and so it's kind of like was that around the time he found out that he was just like man fuck all this but he had to have like 
he had to have some sort of like uh, a, a moment where he was like, you know what, I got to continue because I have a, a purpose that I need to serve before my time is up. Like, mm-hmm. I, I totally understand what you're saying, me, because we that is a human experience where we have our moments where shit is just not going right for us and we question the higher power. Well, and it's not even that it's not going right, but it's just it's not going as expected, you know, and that's a, and that's a, and that's the powerful thing about death is that like when it comes to birth, we know when birth is going to be expected. You have nine months of preparation. But when it comes to death, we don't have the same privilege of preparation with death. So it's like it's 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 like I, I, I don't like to say it's, it's going going bad because, you know, like that puts a, a ugly like taint on death you know even though it's a part of the natural cycle like birth is but it's just not how you expected it I saw myself with my wife having kids and like you know having this speech and doing this and doing that and you know but life always has its own course at hand um but that's like and and like like I said I know he was a God-fearing man but like there's certain depths as an actor as an actor, and that, like that, you have to ha- give yourself privilege to like explore. You know, we 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 all deal with trauma different ways. We have so many different blocks. You know, like that that prevents us from tapping into certain emotions. Also, when it pertains to God and like how people feel towards this whole God thing. Um, also, with and you and I spoke about this the other day, and I brought this up yesterday, where it was like. Is it really, is it, is it really the opposite? Because if you're a firm believer in the higher power, then you have understanding. So when you read a monologue and you're an artist and you read the depths of the motion and you, and because a part of uh, the, the part of being an actor is character building. You have to build the character. You have to have the whole background. What happened to him? Why is he mm-hmm. so enraged? Why is he so driven? Why is he naive? Because Levy was highly naive when it came down to like the music industry. What is that? Why is that? You as the artist have to build that. And so with, you know, when we talk about the whole monologue, you have to apply some understanding. Even though you don't agree with how Levy handled things, you have to sit back and look at his story and be like, damn, I get it. I, right. I understand. And that's why I said I people people applied empathy to his characters. Like at, at some points you felt really sorry for him. Like thought, right. Yeah. But but this is something that's kind that's 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 not hot. Like, well, I don't think anytime I have this conversation, that is commonly practiced amongst the highly religious. They they miss they miss the point when it comes to understanding, when it comes to empathy, but that is something that God or if you ha- whoever you want to name him, higher power God, you know, however, they that is the main thing in every single person, every every Abrahamic religion, in Buddhism, all that they talk about being present, applying understanding, applying empathy. Like that's how you really get into love. So for you to sit up here and damn a man, damn a man because of words coming out of his mouth instead of being able to really get in line with your higher power and apply understanding as jesus christ if you are a follower of jesus christ jesus christ was the main is the main example of applying applying understanding (laughs) applying empathy to someone's story you know like what, what what is that you know and also like you know, I, I'm a I'm a firm, I'm a firm believer in faith and all that, but like I'm not a firm believer in just 
I don't know how to say this. And I'm going to try to be clear as possible. It's like, like blind religion. Yeah. Like within my spirituality, I allow myself to ask questions. And within those questions, I find, you know, I'm, I'm then provided with the answers or I'm showed something or whatever. Do you have some religions where it's like, how dare you question? How exactly. dare you? And it's like, wait, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, God gave me these questions. <laughs> like, he or the mm-hmm. higher power, like, installed this within me. He understands what I'm doing. Honestly, he, he encourages me to do this. You know, and, and then with that, that's how I build my faith. So, like, for you to say, like, how dare he question God? I mean, that is a, that is a, that is a, a, a concrete question. How can, how, how do we sit here and praise, praise a God and say, oh, well, if you, you and, and the main, the thing that took Levy overboard, and that's the part that we're, that we're missing, is Cutler. Is that the, is that the guy name? Yeah. Cutler kept saying, God gonna strike you down. You keep acting the way you act, and God gonna strike you down. And it was within that that it opened the door to Levy saying, like, it set him off. Where was your mm-hmm. God? Like, what? Like, is he gonna strike me down because I'm ambitious? Because I want to see myself, you know, in a better situation. He gonna strike me down for that. But yet he didn't strike those nine men that raped my mother, killed, you know, like and and cut, cut me. Mm-hmm. Like you telling me that? Like, and that's a real question that is a real question and that's what i mean like you have to put intentions behind your faith you can't just blindly just you know fall in line like you yeah yeah i get it yeah i got a question for you ladies um have you guys ever dated a guy that uh levy character that like had disbelief in god or different beliefs in the higher power or whatever he believed in I didn't date him. I didn't date, you know, because I don't really do that. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but you don't date. You don't date. You, you don't nah, work. nah. I, I really don't. Like, I, I like, I can put, I can name on on two fingers how many boyfriends I've actually had. But yeah, like, I don't. Two. You know, like as, as far as like you know, like you know, fucked around or like whatever. Yeah, like I've I've dated like I've dated a Jew before which was very interesting uh i've dated a guy that was it was it was weird because he was spiritual but he was low-key um what is it called what is it like anti-god what is it called atheist atheist like the way he would it was weird it was very weird but that's the but to me that was just a a example of a lost soul like anyone that's that conflicted within themselves like Love, you need to go meditate, pray. And I, I have, I have dated a levy before, not in the way where he would curse God, but he would have those moments of questioning God because he had a very rough childhood, and he just felt like God never came in and saved him. Yeah, um, he, he was a very like just how Levy was, very arrogant, very immature, um, but very talented. Yeah. He he had so much promise had he addressed the root of his whole issue, like why his world just seems so upside down. Isn't it safe to yeah. say that, like, granted, they, like, you know, shit, black folks barely could, you know, shit, spit in certain areas. So I know they're not going to have, like, the whole therapy thing down or whatnot. But 
I, because of that lack, like, as Black people, we depend so heavily on God, you know, like, as, like, to be our therapist, to be our doctor, to be, you know, instead of accepting him for, yeah. for or not him, because I don't like to say this, except, instead of ex, ex, um, accepting the higher power for what they truly are. So it's like, yes, I, I do believe in a higher power, but like, and yes, I do, I, I do have conversations with my higher power, but I do understand that there's levels where like, I'm going to have to seek therapy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. me, me just oh. praying. And, 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 and the way I look at it is, it's like, it's like when you want to change your body. You can sit up here and be like, I want the bad, I want a bad bitch body, like BBL, all this. But unless you go <laughs> to the grocery store and and get the proper, you know, diet regimen, unless you actually go get a, 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 a you know, a gym membership, or you go and drop 11,000 and get, and get that BBL, like you really not going to see no change. Like you can pray mm-hmm. to God all you want to, but you not going to see no change. So it's kind of like the same and thing. That's funny you say that because, like, talking about religion, I remember when I first went to therapy in 2012. I It took me months to tell my mom that I went to therapy because it was more so like, you need to, you know, pray to God. Why do you need to go and see a therapist? And it was just like, therapy was so shunned because it's like, God is the answer. God is mm-hmm. the one who's going to bring you out of this. But it's like, God also help this woman get her degree so she could Thank give me you. some advice. Exactly. Like, there's a reason that she was placed into my life. Like yes. just because I go to a therapist doesn't mean that I don't believe in a higher power. Right. It's just like I'm Why I'm trying to both? be equipped. I'm trying to be equipped with the tools so I can become better and feel better. Whatever yeah. the situation I was going through at the time, it like going to church and praying, it just wasn't enough. I needed yeah. to have the tools to to actually put in the work and work on myself and come out feeling better. But I so, do right. I do think that that practice of just like laying it all on God also leads to people questioning God so heavily and, and then that, eventually adding into, you know, t- turning into atheists. Um but um but also I think it's also a um, it also produces a lot of misguided anger as we saw in Levy's character like what the fuck am I supposed to do with this right now you know what I mean like I've just always gotten a short end of the stick he's created all these different defense mechanisms to to like cuz like it it does something to the soul when you start feel, when you real when you when life puts you in a situation and you realize you don't got no control like yeah. and 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 black people during those times had a lot of those situations. Like and, and when I mean by that, I'm talking about the the situation with his mom. Like it had to do something to your soul to really know that there was nothing in your power that you can do. That it especially, was going to happen. Especially mm-hmm. while she's calling on God. On God, help. yes, it's <laughs> right. That there's nothing you can do, even though you want to. Every bone in your body wants to do something to just remove help. all of this pain. Help. Like, it has to do something to one's soul. But it's crazy because, like, as Black people, we are very, like, we are very triumphant people. We overcome. And you see Levy build all these different defense mechanisms of, like, why he's so arrogant. Maybe also why he puts so much bank on his talent, you know, and, like, why he's, like, so motivated to do what he has to do. And nobody's going to tell him otherwise. I see Levy in a lot of Black men. Like, a lot of Black men. You know, mm-hmm. that just that just trying to overcome their situation by, you know, by at, at, um, the best way possible. So, yeah, 
Oh, that it was just a heartbreaking movie. Um, to those who like criticized the movie, saying like I didn't understand it, um, it was boring, it seemed unfinished. You're you know, disconnected, I, I, honey. It, <laughs> You're it's, it's really, it's really not for everybody. I remember seeing a whole conversation where people were like, you know, I don't understand why Levy uh, killed the man at the end, like. If he was if he was so upset, why didn't he kill the white man? It was like you that was a prime that was a prime that was a prime example of why like like you said, Mick, it's misplaced anger. It wasn't because the man stepped on his shoes. At the same time, Cutler, uh, not Cutler, but um, God, what was it? Toledo, the man that Toledo. he stabbed. Toledo represented what Levy didn't want to be. Toledo was a yeah. very complacent. Complacent. He was cool. Yes with what he wanted, but Levy wanted so much more for himself. And so he, I mean, the whole movie, he talked so much shit about Toledo, about his shoes, like, nigga, who the fuck? Like, who are you? But for this man to step on his shoes as his world has already just like, he's been fired, his music, he got paid $5 for his fucking music. Like it all came to a dramatic end because this guy has never worked through his issues. He's never been told that he, he's never had any validation in his At life. All. And not only was it, and then it's so funny you bring up the shoes because I, and I thought, and I, I just not thought about that. Like, like it's a comparison of shoes. Like, and, and you can compare it to like a God thing where it's like, these are, these shoes, these shoes are like shoes you go dancing in. These are the shoes, you know, I spent this money. And then like, you talk about Toledo shoes it's like, what do you call him, a bus or something? Like, it's dirt. <laughs> like, how dare, how dare these old dusty ass shoes step on my prized possessions? Like, it's it's the it's kind of the same thing. Like, it's crazy it's now. Like, think about it. Levy was so talented that he banked everything on this moment to take him to the next level, which was why he was willing to spend eleven dollars. Which I kind of had to do the math, which would equate to about one hundred and twenty dollars in twenty twenty. Yeah. So he went all out and got himself some shoes and he's basically working gig to gig because he's, he knows like, I'm about to record my songs. I'm about to blow up. Y'all doing this old jug band music. I'm about to blow. And he put, he banked so much on himself. And that's the thing that I feel like with black people, we go through so much trauma, but we have, like you said, Meek, we have so much belief in ourselves and we have our moments where we're so joyous and we know that we the shit. And then a moment happens where it just like it pulls the rug out from under our feet. And then in one instant, your whole life yeah. goes down a drain because you are just so defeated. Yeah. Everything, and it, you it, see everything just like slip away. Yeah. And then you see that. And then, la- and, then, and then moments later, you see the white guy record his song. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those moments, like you say, he didn't, he never got the validation. So it's like, you're not crazy, love. Like you are what you think you are. You know, and people know that you are what you think you are, but just like, well, like how, how imagine him being in jail, right, for killing this man, and he's listening to the, the uh, you hear the song on the radio, like that's my song, and everybody's like, man, nigga, yeah, shut up, that ain't your shit, <laughs> and like that's that's and it and it drives it, it drives people crazy. It drives people crazy. Oh God, yeah, man, this but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's a lot of people with. It's a lot of people. <laughs> you got some levies in your life. I, I, to be honest, I we think that levies. 
But Levy and Mama Rainey's story is is a part of the black experience. Like it is like a, a clear definition of the black experience. Like yeah. for sure. And real quick before we move on, um, Chadwick did um, he wrote an article for the LA Times about August Wilson. And in this in this um, excerpt, he says, "The first time I was overcome with August Wilson's words, I was about ten years old." I was an athlete, not a thespian. My older brother was a dancer and an actor in the family, and I had been dragged to his practices and rehearsals. And he's, he said his brother was given a tape excerpt from the Broadway production of Fences with James Earl Jones. Um, he won a Tony for that, um, for that performance. And he said he related to the conversation between like a blue collar, stern, strict father you know, having conversations with his, you know, with his son. Like he, at 10 years old, he related to August Wilson's words. And that's why Ma Rainey and Fences and uh, the, was a piano? I forgot the uh, other names, but in Jitney. Uh, like it's Jitney. so many things yeah. you can relate to at so many different levels of the black experience. Um, it's just, like you say, you have to find something familiar in those characters and, and to be able to play them. And, you know, just big ups to Chadwick and uh, Coleman Domingo, Viola. They really showed out. It was an incredible movie. And I really hope really that those who had so much negative things to say could actually find why this relates to so many people. Why people the- so strongly about it. For those for those that that haven't seen it yet, I would just encourage you to just familiarize yourself with August Wilson because this is it's a play. It's a play that was brought to film production and it's still in play format. So it's not going to be intro, you know, slow climax, you know, you know what I mean, like decline and like no, it's it's a play. And so I would just encourage people to like familiarize himself with August Wilson with you know um Fences was brought into film production right or Mm -hmm. or did they just bring it yeah it was Viola Viola and Denzel and they they, won an Oscar for that yeah they did it on Broadway as well but Mm -hmm. but yeah like I just think that people need to just broaden their horizon when it comes to the arts we are so, we are, like, we as a people, our story is just so impactful, and we are just such poetic people. Like, we are, you can hear it in our music. Like, that's the reason why I love jazz so much, because it's 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 our gift to yeah. the human ears. You know what I'm saying? And you, can, so, and you can hear it in our conversations, in the cadence. Yeah, the cadence. We have a, yeah, the we way have we a very unique rhythm, period. Yes. Yes, yes, we are very so. colorful people, like we are. And so I know we've been been listening to wet ass pussy, and <laughs> um, you know, in 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 the box or whatever the hell that song is called, you know, lately. But and it's cool because I like that shit too. But like, let's just broaden our horizons. Like you know, like listen, read a play a little bit, read a monologue. Yeah. Like really, I I really inc- I I do I you know. I haven't, I've never, like, this is my first time being introduced to August Wilson. Like, I've read, like, plays from other artists, from other playwrights, you know, just to, for the dialogue purpose. But, yeah, like, yeah, tap in. Tap in. Tap and we in. need, to, we really do need to, like, like support, support and um, 
continue to inspire our art because it's our I, it's our gift. I feel like this will help um, gain a lot of people's interest in theater. And when we're able to go back and watch plays again, I think there's going to be a huge surge in like more artists and more content, more people writing, more people yeah. listening and, and developing stories and telling their own stories because as black people, we have so much. Yeah. It's not just these slave movies. It's not just, you know, nah. Jim Crow and segregation. We have so much more to, to show. And yeah. this was just a prime example of the black experience that, you know, we haven't seen. Um, so before we close out, I want to ask y'all, this is our last show of 2020, the crazy year that it has been. What has 2020 taught y'all? Patience. Mm. 2020 taught me a lot of patience. Not not to say that I never really had patience. It just taught me. Now know, Liz, hold on. Liz, bruh. <laughs> I'm going to need you to stop. Wait, what? I'm going to need you to stop. Right. Wait, I don't have patience? No, nah, dog. No, you don't. In in what aspect do I, don't I have patience? You are the type of person when you want something, you're yes. gonna it immediately. You want things to line up. You want it like when you want it. True. You don't. I'm not gonna say you don't practice patience, but when you want something, you need it right the fuck now. Okay, okay, okay. That's, That's true, but that's what <laughs> but, I'm saying. Okay, it taught me. When he taught you that, okay. When he taught me patience, um, a lot of patience, <laughs> and um, <laughs> obviously, um, just just to really tap in with my mental as well. Um, I tend to, when the world was going on, I I was always busy and I didn't really tap in with my 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 mental space. Um. I push things under the rug or push it behind me. Um, goes back to me saying, uh, I am going to stop be smoking weed this year. Bro. Um, this, is, this is something new for me. Um, I just, for me, because everybody's different, for me, weed was like an escape from everything else that's going on in my life. And not to say that I couldn't really function on weed it was just I was putting I was a procrastinator I put a lot of things behind me it's like I'll get to it later I'll get to it later I'll get to it later and this time I just I'm challenging myself to just go I mean I've already been for like two weeks three weeks now has it been three weeks yeah like three weeks um non-smoking and um challenging myself to go a whole year without smoking not to say I will never ever smoke again it's just like challenging me to tap in better with my mental space and Really figuring out who Elizabeth is and what do I really want, you know? So, yeah. What are you doing, E? Got rumbling. I know that's oh, you over there. Yeah, it, just, it was falling. Yeah. <laughs> but I like the sound of that. And it's so crazy because we make you a procrastinator, but God just made me this way. Like, I'm just a, like, so, so I can't But it's also a Sagittarius that. trait. Because because we will procrastinate because things always end up working out for us. Is that the reason why? Yeah. I procrastinate because I love my bed. I love resting. I do like I love peace. Girl. You know, you you know what's a good example of this? Uh um Chappelle. Chappelle said it on his 
on one of his, I think it was like he was getting an award for something, but he was like also still doing stand up, like his family and stuff was there. Huh? The Mark Twain Award? Yes. And when he mm-hmm. said, I believe his grandmother or his mother told him that like, baby, you're not a lion. You're, you're a lamb. But sometimes a lamb has to pretend to be a lion so that way they can spend the rest of their life as a lamb. And that's the part that I had to like really like dive into. Like, no, I like to rest. I like to, you know, be relaxed. But the way our society is built, I have to, you know, become that hustler, become that grind. Like, that's not how I am naturally. Like, I would just lay in my bed all day if I was given a chance or like walk a park or whatever all day, look at the sky all day. But yeah, that's not how society is built. So I got to go out here and chop off heads. So what did 2020 teach you? gratitude because I look around in my life and it's really not bad like I honestly (laughs) have no I have no complaints at all like at all you know there's I have things I can definitely work on improve but like knowing it's like seeing how treacherous this year has been to some others like, oh, honey, I, I have I have moments where I just stop what I'm doing, put my head down and just say thank you, mm-hmm. you know, because this year has definitely been very, very kind to me, given the circumstances. Yeah. yeah. I feel like for me, 2020 has taught me that it's OK to be uncomfortable. That when I am uncomfortable, I make the, the best of it, like. Yes something comes out of it that I would have never expected. Like Meek, we have talked about doing a podcast for a couple years. Yep. And it was like this pandemic shut everything down. It was like, Liz was like, let's do a podcast. Every (laughs) damn day, yo. Every day. So we're doing this podcast, y'all? No, okay. Go back to patience, though. Going back to fucking patience. We're doing this podcast? Oh, wait. Are we doing this podcast? No. Like... (laughs) But it taught me, like, you know, I know your favorite word, Meek, was, like, you got to know how to pivot. And 2020 taught me how to pivot, how to be uncomfortable and make the best out of that shit. It taught me to, what, like, to figure out what my purpose is instead of just doing shit just to do shit, just to make ends meet. Like, sometimes you got to be uncomfortable and do what you love, even if you're not getting paid a whole bunch of money for it. Even if you're doing it for fucking free, yeah, be uncomfortable because you don't know what's gonna come out of it. Um, also, when I met uh, Kobe in 2012, I wish that I would have taken a picture with him. When I met Chadwick Boseman a year ago, I wish I would have taken a picture with him. Now. I'm, I'm taking pictures with all y'all niggas. <laughs> I'm, making, I'm making as many memories with people as I can. I don't care. I don't like, because you know how we, we've always worked around celebrities. We have met, damn near, everybody on so many levels. And you just want to give people their space and let them be normal people. However, <laughs> there are just some once in a lifetime people that come around that you, like you adore them have a conversation with them take a picture ask for the photo the let the worst they could say is girl get the fuck out my face no (laughs) that's like that's the worst and it's like okay but that's something that I'm like you know what I don't have many regrets in my life but that those are some 
And to lose both of them this year was like, fuck, bruh. Why didn't I never, yeah. like, take uh, advantage of those opportunities? And also, it is okay to cry it out. That's what I learned. Yes. Mm-hmm. Moments where, I, you know, Prince is playing on his tablet and I locked the room, locked my door to my room. And I just cried out and I get it out and it, I just I'm feel so lighter. I yeah. feel so much lighter once I'm I'm done crying it out. It could be something as petty like, you know, I'll cry because of like I was frustrated about something that didn't happen, it didn't fall through. But then I'm like, well shit, I was just PMSing or the shit ends up coming through, but, but not when I'm mad, happy, right. mad. Patience. 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 Yeah, yeah. patience. I, I've also learned to be become more intentional with my energy. Yes. Like, so, like, it's, like, as an artist, it was, like, always going with the wind. Well, I'm going here. Going, like, no. Like, it's okay to really, you know, indulge in your talents and your purpose, but just be intentional on where you place that. Also, like how you said, cry it out. It's also okay to, um, to, uh, to uh, rub it out, too. Like, I've strategically <laughs> have... Had certain moments. Wait, rub it out. You yeah. to walk over there. Like, just no, I'm, not, I'm about to go into it. I've, okay. had, I've I've had moments where like you know anxiety was high and stuff like this, and and instead of engaging in toxic, unhealthy relationships or engagements, I just go in, get some nut clarity real quick, and I'm back at it, back in the game. Yeah. That's real. Did it today, last night. Right before the show. Yeah. So, this morning. <laughs> Starting Masturbation. Self love yeah, at an all time high, yeah. honey. Mastering my bait. <laughs> we still, we're supposed to come, we were supposed to come up with a better word for masturbation. Yeah, I don't like masturbation. Do we have anything? Look, we got to go Not with it. Yeah, lick, lick the bean. Right. Rubbing it out. Flick, flicking a bean sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Like press, flick, this is what I think of a flick. The bling, press yeah. the button. Have you heard pressing the button? That just sounds so like an elevator, right? See, th- these are terms that men have come up with. Exactly. This is not from women. We're going to brainstorm on this one, ladies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so to get away from like the negativity of 2020, what was your best moment of the year? <laughs> Wait, to get away? Yeah. Like, instead of talking about, like, the negative aspect of 2020, what was your favorite happiest moment of this year? Um, Spending more time with my baby. Mm-hmm. Because um, over the years, I'm always working. I'm always having to move and to do different stuff to bring in bread in the home, so... Um, even though she got on my nerves and I'd be wanting her to go to school, <laughs> just spending more time with her and just learning who she is as a person too, as she's growing and going through this pandemic with me, you know, she don't know what's going on. They, 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 they don't really understand. She's like not understanding why she got to, you know, put a mask on and all the little complications that's going on in life. But just, yeah, spending more time with her. Like that's, those are my best moments. Um, being in the house more, you know? Yeah. Playing games and you know figuring who she is, little person. Yeah. yeah. What about for you, ladies? You want me to go first? You want to go? 
My and in our best moment was when we all went to LA and we took that LA trip. That was like a good <laughs> that, was, that, that was, was so much fun. fun. <laughs> and, uh, we gotta do it again, man. We do. We will. I, I, I said maybe, maybe 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 we'll get one in Atlanta. Perhaps. Air, Airbnb. Perhaps, yes. See, why you make that face? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I'm gonna tell you what my my favorite thing about this year was everything that I said I was gonna do, I'm doing. Bitch. I'm with you on that. That was mine. This is the first year where I I really came into recollection that I am that bitch. All right. Exactly. Yo. Exactly. Yeah, like, like I've, I've given, I finally learned how to give myself credit for the things that I've done and accomplished. Like I have forgotten at some point. I don't know why, but I'm like, oh, like I had to literally. I, we we spoke about this a few you know episodes ago when I went to therapy, and my my therapist was like, "Girl, you need a brag book. Like it's okay to speak highly of yourself and let people know, like I'm that bitch. Like that's okay to do that." And so. I realized like I'm I've set so many goals for myself and I've literally checked all of them off this year. Like I didn't let this pandemic stop me from doing a motherfucking thing. If anything, it only made this whole shit better. It gave yeah. me the time to really do what the fuck I said I was going to do. And that has been honestly the best moment for me because I wanted also to spend more time with my son. And here we are. I got all all the time he's in my face. Okay. Yeah. Right. And I, and I love it. He's the happiest kid. He's healthy. He's we're great. Like you know, I even when things aren't going exactly as I planned, I can still look around and be grateful for everything that's happening, and that's fucking awesome. Um, I want to piggyback on that, and I'm gonna tie to today's quote into this because it's mm-hmm. one of the affirmations I have on my mirror. And I've had it on my mirror for like since I moved here. So it's been like two or three years. Okay, being um, married. Yes. So I I concur with you. Like and it's not like I'm that bitch, like, you know, like on some Megan the style. Well, no, I don't say Megan the style. I don't throw her. What's like, wrong out there. with like, that? But I'm not no, because it's different though. Because and it's not Megan, because I know what Megan like, I know Megan probably thinks different, but I'm talking about how people perceive that. Like Oh, you know, it's because your hair fly, your nails fly. Like, no, dude. Like, it's something about proving yourself to yourself that it just gives you, you tapping into a whole nother superpower. Like, you know, I remember specifically having conversations with y'all like, yo, I'm starting school. I'm homeschooling. I'm going to get me a Benz for my birthday. <laughs> I'm going, you know, I'm doing yeah. all this other shit. And like, I got into the race and like, okay, so I ran track. So I'm going to do a little, little track, you know, <laughs> metaphor or whatever. But it's like running a 400 where, like, when you start that race, you like, all right, I'm in the race. But it's a part of the race where you like, fuck, when, it, like, is it going to be over? Like, over. I'm in it. I can't stop. Like, I got to keep going. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then finally you hit that final stretch and you just, you just overwhelmed with just like, bitch, you did it. You know, and that's what it was. Like, I remember the finals and me coming up. I, ha- I came up with a full-on curriculum. Who knew that I was a teacher? I didn't know mm-hmm. I was a teacher until I became a mother. I didn't know I was a nurse until I became a mother. I didn't know mm-hmm. that I was a philosopher. Well, low-key, I did know that. But, like, 
make sure you subscribe make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram we be talking on there you know we we, we do our best sometimes you know elizabeth might make a special appearance depending on how she feels <laughs> No, Liz tweeted me last night, y'all. I feel so special. Oh, <laughs> I dang. I didn't see it. She did. I'm going to retweet it. I'm going to retweet it. But thank you for tuning in, and we're going to see y'all in 2021. Are y'all bringing niggas into 2021 with y'all? Hey. Hell no. No. But we do. But we do. I'm not- we I, I do need like I was thinking like a good dick application maybe like thumbs and one up or something like that because while I'm over here doing all this grinding and hustling like I just it would just be nice to just have you know just hey just need some good dick you know like Postmates you know like that's gonna be amazing you know. right we gonna get some Uber dick or no. some Uber Eats you know what I mean. Mm. Eat this ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, thank you everybody for tuning in. We're gonna see y'all in 2021. Peace out. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.